Hello, friends, and welcome back to Podcat Monsters, a show where Pokemon fans come together to talk about the most exciting news in Pokemon. My name is Jeff Grizz Ulrich, and I'm joined as always by the Reshiram to my Zekrom, Dustin Cunningham. How are you today, Dustin? Very tired. I literally just got in about 40 minutes ago from a weekend-long road trip, so, uh, yeah, I'm running on a lot of caffeine. I will tell you, I'm also extremely tired today, and for no good reason. I napped for literally like six hours today. I did a three-hour nap in the morning, a three-hour nap in the afternoon, and I'm still exhausted. <laughs> so I got a I got a pretty gnarly sunburn yesterday at the beach, and then I was staying at a friend's house on their couch, and I could not get comfortable, so I got like very little sleep and then had a six-hour drive. So that was fun. Well, we appreciate you making that drive to get back in time to do the show yeah. with us. Uh, but tonight, we have a very special guest. One of the owners of Space Cadets Gaming Gaming, my absolute favorite shop in the world. No exaggeration. We have Brian BMAC McMeans. Welcome, BMAC. Thank you for joining us. Hello, How are you guys. today? Hey, oh, I'm so awesome. Thank you, Jeff and Dustin, for having me. I am also very, very tired. My day began at 4 o'clock this morning, and uh, it's not quite done, so I'll, I'll <laughs> well, do my so best. We extra appreciate you joining us. Uh, especially if you've already had a long day doing actual work. <laughs> this is what we get for recording on a holiday after a three-day weekend for Holidays most Holidays are supposed to be relaxing. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> yeah. See, but what I know about BMAC is that every holiday is an opportunity for him to be in the shop doing yep. tons of work. <laughs> so, unsurprising, that accurate. Yep. that's what he did again today. <laughs> well, uh, so... Uh, since we have a guest, we're going to do what we usually do. Uh, uh, we're going to ask them a couple of questions so we can get to know their ties to the Pokemon franchise. Uh, but, you know, just to give you the concept for today's show, BMAC is joining us to talk about uh, the Pokemon TCG's, you know, birth and frequent resurgences in popularity and how the madness surrounding today's Pokemon cards is the same or different uh, from his previous experiences. Uh, but first, like I said, we're going to ask BMAC some questions to get to know him a little better. So, uh, BMAC, you, uh, you you never played the Pokemon video games, right? Never played those? No, that is correct. Never never got to touch any of the video games. Except you, you were telling me beforehand. You, Pokemon Go. Pokemon yes. Go, because we all did that. Everyone went crazy <laughs> for Pokemon Go for a little while there. A little uh, bit of world peace for like a month when Pokemon <laughs> Go came out. The entire world <laughs> united. To chase down onyxes in parking lots. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do know that you are a fan of the Pokemon TCG and many, many TCGs. Uh, mm. So I just wanted to ask, instead of what your favorite Pokemon generation is, I thought I would ask, do you have a favorite set from the TCG? Oh, goodness. Um, I guess I would probably say like XY Evolutions. Just because you got some reprints of some of the favorites, you know, the the big three. Uh, and I think that really, that set kind of kicked off some of the the larger, more extreme, more powerful monsters. And that's where you really started to see some of those, uh, like the G, the EX, the GX, and all that. Um, like kind of, quote, level up and um, become kind of take the games where it is today. Yeah, because I remember... You know, playing the game as a child, mm -hmm. and then I took a you know over a decade long hiatus from playing, and then at the start you know earlier this year, was finally convinced to try to get back into it. And the game is nothing like I remember. I mean, there's obviously there's some very basic you know things that are constant, but they've added 
you know, all the GX, the EX, the V, VMAX, you know, all tag team, all this stuff gets added. And I have no idea where that came in, but it's a single strike, rapid strike. That was <laughs> well too recently. Definitely refreshed the, the whole game. Uh, so yeah, I think that's a great pick. Um, have you ever watched any of the Pokemon movies? I don't believe so. Um, I thought you might've I seen mean, Detective Pikachu. Well, okay. I did forget about Detective Pikachu. I don't know how I could forget about that one. That one was really cool. But like, as far as the animated movies, uh, no, only, only ever seen the memes from them. And there are good memes and, and <laughs> gifs and all that. Pokemon yeah. is a smorgasbord for funny so, little memes. So then by default, Detective Pikachu is your favorite Pokemon. I guess. Yeah, that would work. <laughs> I mean, you can't go wrong with Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Come on. I know. <laughs> yep. It's yeah. true. You are in good company among our guests on this show for people who selected Detective Pikachu, whether it be because that was the only choice for them or because <laughs> they actually thought so. Uh, so, uh, what is? Uh, do you have a favorite Pokemon type? Like, you know, fire, mm. grass, you know, any of those? Not really a type. I mean, it would be, it's cliche to say, but I mean, who doesn't love them some Charizard, right? A big bad fire, dragon. That's great. Um, and I, I just, some of the art that they've been doing for him lately has been just incredible. And yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, anytime we get those coming through the shop, it's, I just admire the sheer beauty of those cards. Well, I think that is a better reason than most have for their favorite. <laughs> Cause for me, it's just like, well, I, I, I really like water. So I like water types. <laughs> uh, but Last, uh, uh, well, I guess this kind of answers the same question. So Charizard, would you say is your favorite Pokemon? I'd say so, yeah. I think that's a perfectly acceptable answer. Uh, I, I know he, Charizard is in one, in the probably the top 10 for Dustin, right? Yeah, he's, I would say Charizard's probably in the number two, um, right behind Scyther. Yeah, Scyther, Charizard, mm. then Pikachu. Mm, no, uh, actually, Jeff, you're going to love this. It's Umbreon. Oh yeah, see an an evolution. <laughs> also pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> a running thing for us, BMAC, is uh, Dustin talks up how great Pikachu is, and I crap all over Pikachu because I love <laughs> Eevee. So, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, when the world was split and had to choose, let's go Pikachu or Eevee, it started these great wars of who's better, Pikachu or Eevee. So, <laughs> and now I've I've got this reputation of like being like. Evie's number one fan, even though like Evie's maybe I think Ethan Brandon is, Ethan is definitely uh, uh, Ethan deserves that title. Yeah. I, I people assume I'm a big Evie fan and like Evie might be in my top 10. Maybe <laughs> I just like Evie way better than Pikachu. Uh, okay. So uh, the next thing that we usually do on the show here, BMAC, is we talk about news and uh, there's actually a lot of it this week. Yeah. Surprisingly. Uh, so so uh, I'll go, just go ahead and start us off uh, right now. In Pokemon Home, or I guess, sorry, starting in June, in Pokemon Home, you can receive a Bulbasaur and a Squirtle that are capable of Dynamaxing in Sword and Shield, the video games. Uh, This Mm. comes as part of an update that also includes the Catch Calendar, which allows you to view your Pokemon arranged by the date that you received them, as well as the new feature of being able to rotate the sprite of your Pokemon to view them from different angles. Uh, Any of that sound exciting to you, Dustin? Yes, I actually really <laughs> like the ability to see when you caught Pokemon because I know a lot of people put Pokemon in from older games and stuff like that. So I think it's cool that that'll show like if they're wanting to get their Charizard that they've had all the way from like 
Gen 1. Uh, yellow or whatever <laughs> it is, they mm. can actually have it like, okay, cool, I can actually go to this location and get it and instead of having to look through all of my Charizard. And there's evidence to show how long they've had it. But, you know, the thing that yeah. I worry about with this catch calendar is uh, for people who generated Pokemon through hacks at any point in the history of the game, how's that going to show up in the catch calendar? I don't know. Yeah. That's I, weird. I'm wondering if this is an attempt to weed out the fake Pokemon and to, you know, ban people, uh, which I understand, mm. you know, Pokemon Company is, has, is always looking for ways to uh, make their game more legitimate and make the competitions more legitimate. Uh, so yeah. I, I was thinking maybe this is another attempt to do that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess I didn't even really think about that aspect <laughs> of it. I thought more so just like people being able to go back and find their prized Charizard from Gen 1 or something like that. Well, yeah, like so like the people who, or, who don't or, cheat, <laughs> like this is cool. We get to, <laughs> yeah. we get to see, you know, that, like how long we've been with this particular Pokemon. Uh, but then, you know, I, I also, I was a bit skeptical. I was like, this feels like an attempt to uh, to catch some people, which is fine. Uh, you know, not a problem for me, but uh, maybe a problem for other people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other thing I thought was funny is that they made a point to mention that now you can rotate the sprites. And so you can see it's like the a trophy from viewer angles. in like games that ha are character model. Well, viewers. I'm just like, was anyone like sending them tweets like, "Hey, Pokemon Company, get it together! I really want to look at, at Squirtle's butt." Was, <laughs> <laughs> was anyone clamoring for that? <laughs> I mean, the thing, the things that gamers <laughs> slash nerds complain at companies about, I would not be surprised. <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose it's fair that they probably already have. The, I mean, the data for those sprites exists, right? Like, the, yeah. they didn't just make a picture that you can only see from the front. So, because the Pokemon are animated when they're on the screen in Pokemon Home anyways. So, it probably yeah. wasn't that hard for them to make it so you can actually just look at the, the whole design of the Pokemon. But I just thought it was really funny that they, like, say, oh, now you can, you know, catch some things that maybe you didn't see before. I'm like, what? like what? Oh, <laughs> uh, like you can find out that Deli Bird's bag is its tail. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I, I really hope that they, this confirms that, because otherwise, you know, Bulbapedia has been lying to us, Dustin. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that's the Pokemon Home news. In Pokemon Go news, Pokemon Go Fest 2021 will take place on July 17th and 18th. Tickets, I put that in quotes, are available through the in-game shop for only $4.99, uh, which I think is a fairly reasonable price. Uh, Weren't they more last year? I think it was 10 bucks last year. Yeah, I ended up not doing it last year because I thought $10 was a little pricey, if I was being honest. Just because, like, I get it if it costs more if you're going to the actual event, but because I'm just, like, walking around doing things here at home. Yeah, I just well, and maybe that's the idea, is that at $4.99, maybe that gets more people to actually pull I'll, the trigger I mean, I'll on pay it. it. Like, uh, but it, it comes with a ton of stuff, like, for yeah. that weekend. For Pokemon Go Fest weekend on July 17th and 18th, uh, there's a special research event that uh, in which you take on the role of a music festival director, which is going along with Pokemon's entire theme for the 25th anniversary uh, of, you know, like they're out the, the Pokemon albums, all the new songs they're putting out and all that. Uh, and you will choose between Rockstar Pikachu and Popstar Pikachu. And that will uh, decide your storyline for the research event, as well as change the in-game music. Uh, to correspond to which, which I've had muted since 2016. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, oh, what? no problem at all. 
What are uh, you guys choosing? Do you guys have a preference between uh, Rockstar and Popstar? I'm gonna choose Rockstar. <laughs> I would. I, I need. I need to see. I need to see what the uh, rotating sprite looks like before I choose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, uh, the Rockstar to me looks more like. Honestly, it looks more like a professional wrestler than. Uh... <laughs> so it's like uh, in Pokemon tournament when they had the like. Uh, it's the, not like, the Luchador uh, Pikachu, yeah. but it, I mean, like, I just think that, like, I don't know. He's wearing his, uh, you know, I mean, he's all done up to be like a rock star, but I don't know. It, for some reason, it just gives me pro- professional wrestler vibes. Uh, so I, gotta, I don't even think I've actually seen what they look like. I got to take They're a the ones from uh, Let's Go Pikachu. Oh, The different okay. costumes that you could get for Pikachu in there. Okay. Uh, so, you, you know, most Pokemon people who've played those games will recognize those immediately. Yeah. Uh, the Global Challenge Arena is also back, which is offering special rewards to players who participate in each challenge. They will have themed habitats, which rotate each hour, offering different types of Pokemon, even to people who don't buy a ticket. Uh, and for those that do buy the ticket, extra Pokemon will be attracted to your incense. And on top of that, the second day of the event will offer uh, some special Pokemon in raids, and you will get an extra 10,000 experience for each raid completed uh, if you if you've purchased a ticket, so if you we'll are have to do some of those remote raids, yeah. If you're a, a lapsed Pokemon Go player and you're like, "Wow, everyone's level forty now except for me, and I'm back here at level twenty five. What am I going to do? Do some raids, get that extra experience. This is, seems like a, a decent opportunity. I think I'm like thirty two. I want to say I am about halfway to forty one. Oh okay. My God. <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking, I know I haven't opened the app in over a year, so I'm going to have to <laughs> I could probably tell when up. BMAC last opened it, because I probably have a gift from him. From... <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so, go ahead, Dustin. I was just going to say, I'm excited to actually participate in this one this year. Um, like I said, I didn't do it last year, but I think I will this year. I don't see why not. It's only $5. Yeah, well, and it, I had a ton of fun with it last year, and, yeah. you know, it's a, a game that, like, like, at least locally, I can go park in the parking garage at Market Street and not even have to get out of my car. <laughs> yeah. And it's on a weekend as well, too, so it's like, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't just hop in and do it and have some fun with it. I'm excited. So, uh, thank you, Mando. Mando, if you're listening to the <laughs> audio, Mando has joined the podcast. <laughs> Mando has joined the chat. <laughs> Uh, the other things that are offered as part of this Pokemon Go Fest, uh, both days will also give ticket holders the chance to catch unknown F and G with uh, with their incense, and you also get half the distance to hatch eggs uh, okay. for that, which is cool. Uh, yeah. One more bit of Pokemon Go news. The next season of Pokemon Go kicks off June 1st and runs through September 1st. It is called Season of Discovery. It will begin with Regirock, Regice, and Registeel being available in five-star raids. And a bunch of particular Pokemon will begin to spawn in places corresponding to their environment. I was going to copy the whole list, but it's literally like a list of like a hundred different Pokemon that are going to be spawning in different things. And I thought I'm not going to read all that, so Google it. Did you just grab it from <laughs> Cerebi? Yeah, I was I was looking on Cerebi, and it's just it's a lot. But uh, so if there's a Pokemon that you've had a hard time finding, go look at the, this list, and now maybe uh, they'll be available in your area. It's uh, cool that this game keeps just they keep adding stuff to it and i think it's cool adding the having the reggies and the raids it makes me wonder if um 
I don't know if they would because I feel like they would wait until they introduced the Glarian Pokemon, but it would be kind of cool if they introduced um, the to the two new Regis. I can't remember their names. Yeah, Reggie... uh, Electric Reggie and Dragon Reggie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be uh, kind of cool to introduce them because they did that with uh, what's what's the name? Um, Melmetal is that the name, right? I mean, Melmetal mm-hmm. first appeared in in Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah, and it is technically a Gen Seven Pokemon, right? Like it added on right at the end of Gen <laughs> Seven, I think. Yeah, I don't know. The, first the way game... that they introduce Pokemon from the movies is always very confusing to me because I never know like what generation they're going into because they do the same. Like for example, with um. What was one of, like a bunch of the Pokemon from X and Y that came in at the end or like black and white that yeah. are just like in movies, but you couldn't like, I think you could catch some of them in the game. Most of them were know. only available via distribution events yeah. at stores. When the movies came out. When the movies came out. Yeah. So, so uh, it'd be cool if they did it, throw them in there. So all this Pokemon Go stuff being announced, BMAC, do you think that's enough to get you back into the game or is it, you know, just you've too far removed from it now? Well, I, I think... I'm definitely far removed when you say about level 25, I think I may be 22 or 23. So I'm definitely way back there. Uh, the other thing for me, Jeff is, is just time, um, uh, between running the business and I do still have my full-time day job and the family. Um, so I just, I don't have, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't have a ton of time, uh, to get out there and do it. However, what you were rattling off there does sound it sounds pretty fun. I mean, for, like Dustin was saying, for five bucks, it's not that's not a bad value um, to, to to level up and, and get some cool stuff. So, you know, we'll see. Maybe and maybe that's something that you know you take the whole family out that weekend and you guys all catch Pokemon together or something like that. I think that's what they they go for with these with Pokemon Go Fest this last mm-hmm. year and with this year is they're trying to make it so that you know it's something that you can participate in without having to actually go anywhere because usually pokemon go fest is an actual event you know that they host in like they hosted it in chicago uh most the most recent time they did that uh that's just to go off that as well too i kind of um like for me since it's on a weekend and it's only five dollars even if i like have to go grocery shopping that weekend i can pull out pokemon go and play while i'm shopping or like hit some stops and do some stuff while nice thing is i'm just gonna plug it our our shop is a uh is a a gym so i can just (laughs) i can just sit there with the app open all day and spin yeah (laughs) and whatever raids pop up and do raids there uh nerf in the chat says date night question mark (laughs) oh oh i (laughs) fun fact nerf is bmax wife Uh, okay, well, so that's the Pokemon Go news. Uh, there are, however, some other big video game news. Uh, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl will be released on November 19th, 2021. And as ex- yes, uh, you did. You literally said that date. Uh, and as expected, a dual pack will be available containing both versions. So it's releasing exactly one week before Black Friday. Now, I am not, I mean, I, I studied marketing in college. So technically, that makes me an expert, and I think <laughs> I think that uh, that's too that's too close together. I really think that they I, they should release the games at least two weeks before Black Friday, so that you can have two spikes in sales. See, I I disagree only because I think there's going to be a lot of switches sold on Black Friday, and this game will be the attach rate for this game will be huge. Due so to you that. think regardless, they're going to get the the attach rate from that? 
Because there will be some sort of bundle for a Switch, right? It'll be a Switch mm-hmm. with like a Pro Controller or a Switch with a Mario Kart. They love to throw Mario Kart in. And people will be like, well, I'm already getting this and my kid loves Pokemon. I'm going to just pick up this new Pokemon game that just came out. I just worry about them not being able to keep them in stock all the way through Black Friday. You know, I mean, we'll see. It depends on if they do actually release the the like rumored Switch Pro that keeps being talked about that it's going to be revealed at E3 or around E3. Sure, um, but even if they do release we'll that, we, there's a worldwide chip shortage. So exactly how many of these new Switch Pros are going to be available? How many oh, regular yeah. Switches are going to be available? Mm-hmm. That's that's it for me. Is I just got a new Switch. I got the Mario Red one, so I'm not like clamoring to get the Switch Pro or anything like that. If I wouldn't have got that, I'd be more like interested in it. But so I'm not gonna be trying to like fight the masses to get this. But I also worry that it's gonna have issues because even I know this is a Pokemon podcast, but even for PlayStation right now, I believe I saw something saying it's gonna get worse before it gets better on the amount of consoles they have. So yeah, because the ones that they had at launch were prior to the worldwide chip shortage. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, things are only going to get worse in that regard. Uh, but, uh, you know, if Switch Pro comes out, I, I will be attempting to get that, and then I'll ship my Switch up to Indiana for my brother to finally play all these Pokemon games he missed. Yeah. <laughs> As, but, like, on this topic, I'm very stoked about those dates. Um, it's It was super expected, but I still can't wait to play them. Um as much as we talked about the like graphic style not necessarily being exactly what we wanted, I, I'm gonna buy it day one. I don't know if I'm gonna buy the <laughs> double pack, but I'll at least buy one of them. Yeah, for sure. And if if the Switch Pro has come out, I will buy the double pack. And like I said, because I you know always buy uh, one version for me and one version for my brother. And but recently my brother has not had the Switch, so I just have extra versions of games that I'm not playing. <laughs> So Just I'll send one up waiting yeah, to be sent to him. I'll send a copy. I'll send my switch and a copy of he'll probably I'll get him. Uh, he'll get Pearl this time because the first time do, through I went Pearl. <laughs> do you uh, do you think they'll put Mega Evolutions back in this one? Well, I'm glad you asked, because as we always want to point out on this show is that the Pokemon company needs to bring, bring Mega back Evolutions. Mega Evolutions. Back. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I do. I think that they will. No, I don't think that they will. <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful that they will, and it. My like reasoning for it is not like sound, but they had them in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. However, those came out right after Mega Evolutions were introduced. Right, it was around the same generation of Pokemon that that came out. So, I would personally love it. I would love if they did Mega Evolutions for the the um, Infernape, uh, Torterra. And what's the third one in that? Is it Empoleon? Empoleon, yeah. Yeah, I would love it if all so three of them had. I have a question for BMAC. Uh, mm-hmm. I know you don't play the games personally, but like as a, from a retail perspective, do you see an uptick in people buying the cards each time a new game gets released? Is that like is there any correlation there, or are they pretty independent? No, I, I'd say it's it's pretty independent. Maybe. You know, you get someone that's brand new that's picked up the video game and they like, oh, I didn't know there was a card game that was this was based on. And so they may come in and, and start asking questions about it. But uh, there's no direct correlation. Now, I think it'd be interesting to ask a GameStop uh, manager or, or a game store like that um, someplace that carries both of those things. Um might Best have a different perspective. Yeah. Now, I will say when those games come out, we get the phone calls. About, do, you, do you have the game? When, yeah, can I can I buy that game? Do you have it in stock? Oh, we don't do the video games. 
So I have to break some hearts there. (laughs) I'm super hopeful. And there's like no evidence that this will actually happen, but I really want them, I guess maybe that I just want them to do another, um, like a diamond and pearl, uh, version set of cards to come out around this, especially because it seemed like right after this, which we'll get into after this, but legends Arceus comes out and they're both set in the Senno region. So it'd be cool if they released a set that was a lot of like focused on that. Well, this is a good opportunity for a segue because the other game that he was just talking about, Pokemon Legends Arceus, also received its release date, and that's coming out January 28th, 2022. Uh, Way sooner than anybody of us. Way sooner than we expected. And so my question is, is that too soon? Based on what we've seen so far, do you think they're going to have enough in this game and polish it enough by January? I... Yes and no. I think it'll be fine. I also think it's going to be smaller than people. I think people need to set their expectations correctly than if it's coming that soon, because I don't know if it's going to be as big as we think it is. I'm going to be on the side of the consumer here and say it's not on us to set the expectations here. Pokemon Company needs to come out and tell you soon how big this game is going to be. Because right now we're all... They don't, and then people are always upset. Uh, I just want them to come out and say, we we know you're all exp- expecting Breath of the Wild Pokemon Edition. Uh, and sure, it's going to have some things in common with that, but it's a, a more confined world or something, just something to, you know, temper people's expectations. We're roughly two weeks before E3. Do you think, sorry, I'm looking at my calendar to make sure that that's correct. You're right. Yeah, two weeks before E3. Do you think that they're going to um, do a Nintendo Direct and show off any of the game, like more gameplay of it? With the January release date having been announced, I would be shocked if they didn't show off more gameplay at E3. Uh, I also expect we're going to get more of Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, even though it's a remake and we all know exactly what to expect with that. (laughs) I think, so I... Someone, I can't remember where I was watching this. It could have been kind of funny games daily, but they were talking about how like someone in the comments was like, oh yeah, they don't typically like have Pokemon stuff at E3. And I was like, I'm pretty sure at E3 2016, literally all they had was Breath of the Wild and Pokemon Sun and Moon. That's Like that's it. Yeah. And it was just playable demos of those. So, and I'm pretty sure Sword and Shield was pretty like heavily. Also the same sort of deal. They, big thing on yeah. They so, live streamed like the, the tree house that they do at E3 was like six hours of people just playing and sword and shit. That's probably what they'll do, honestly. <laughs> they may show a new trailer for both of these games and not really show gameplay and then do Treehouse where they like sit down and play the games or whatever. It, that's kind of my prediction. Yeah, um, I agree with that. And maybe we'll see a little bit more and maybe they'll answer some of those questions we have. But I, have, I haven't seen anything yet from Legends Arceus that's making me worried. Like the art style looks kind of intentional to me. It almost looks like it's supposed to be a watercolor painting. See, and now I, I I want them to lean more heavily into that if that's yeah. the case. Because right now, so like, when I look at the art like style... like an Okami yeah, thing? Sure. Yeah, sure. And uh, it, when I look at that art, art style right now, I think it's like they're all unsure of how hard they're going to go in what, either direction. Like if they go for more yeah. realism, then they need to commit to that because it's not there yet. But if they're going for a yeah. more artistic depiction then they need to lean more on that because going halfway is going to leave me feeling like the game is just unpolished rather than yeah. an artistic choice. But we'll uh, see. And, They've got time. And I, we even talked about this off like the air when this, when this was the first announced the release dates, I, you and I both said that we don't, we would not be surprised if it's delayed. Yeah. 
Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this game gets pushed to spring or even, like, fall of that year. If they are, like, depending on what they show at E3, if what they show at E3 doesn't sit well with fans. Because we saw the same thing with Halo Infinite. I mean, that game got pushed a whole year based on its E3 er, uh, presence. I'll tell you, after what they showed of Halo Infinite and delaying it just a year, seems like they might still be rushing it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll see what they do with this. Um, Again, it all depends because... I don't even think it looked that bad. I think it just, it definitely, and even in the trailers, like I, I just recently popped up. It says like game is not final. So, yeah. and I didn't think it, it looked, just I didn't think it looked bad. Thing. I just thought it looked yeah. unfinished. Uh, and, and everybody's uh, making everything like remote right now because we're in a pandemic. So, mm-hmm. well, so last bit of news now, uh, just as it's more of a reminder than actual news, uh, Pokemon TCG sword and shield chilling rain releases on oh. June 18th. Finally, and, something that you can talk about, Bimek. Yeah, I'm in. I'm intrigued now. So yeah. No, no. I, I just, that sounded bad. I, the video game talk is interesting, and I know there's a huge segment of the population that that's all about. Uh, I am just it's it's mind-boggling to me how far out of video games I am these days. So. <laughs> but yeah, so the TCG is coming out on the 18th. But uh, Bimek, you were telling me beforehand about pre-release. Yes. Uh, so how does pre-release work and when, when is that happening? So uh, I'll talk about pre-releases in a couple of manners. Uh, the first manner is what they did pre-pandemic. And what would happen is you would get what they call their build and battle kit. And that comes with four booster packs, a 23 card evolutions pack, and like a special promo. Uh, and those promo cards are going for a lot of money right now. These things, uh, right? Those Basically, things, yes, like, that guy. Yeah. And so what you would do is it would be on a Saturday or Sunday and you would get one of those kits for between 25, 35 bucks and you build a 40 card deck out of it. The stores provide the energy and then you do a little tournament with it. Um, And the TCG typically has three divisions. You have juniors, masters and seniors, and that is broken up by age, not necessarily skill level. Um, I have a question on that. Are seniors actual seniors or just like, you know, like am i a seniors senior? <laughs> i'm trying yeah you would be considered a senior jeff so uh juniors is anyone i think it's 12 and under and then masters is anyone 12 to 25 26 somewhere around in there and then seniors is everybody else um I'm yeah so boomer. you could be uh, you could be an entirely brand new boomers. player <laughs> uh but anyway so you build a deck out of that you play the tournament you get some prizes uh, what they're doing right now is they're allowing stores like ourselves to sell it on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, and you can get those build and battle kits, same price, but they're encouraging you to take those home and play. So no store right now is legally, according to Pokemon, able to host those events in stores and to do so if you get caught, um, potentially, uh, you would lose your ability to, sell pokemon product early to get these pre-releases to host um, league events gonna f- <laughs> host league events your allocation for product would go down which is already uh kind of in the in the tank but um so yeah we we want to adhere to the rules so on june 4th you'll be able to pick up uh chilling rain pre-release gets although i will say i think we are completely sold through first so now i know that in some countries like new zealand has uh, resumed uh, in-person events uh, already. 
when are they doing things like are they already able to do pre-release stuff in those places or is they just doing it a across the board no one's doing pre-release until everybody can do pre-release the same way so all the information that i get is strictly north america okay um because we you know there's a there's pokemon groups for you know like you said new zealand those different uh, different Region countries and continents regions kind of yes yeah. um so just kind of a, a adjacent to that wizards of the coast just announced their lifted suspension of in-store play for north america last week uh but it had actually been lifted for uh say europe i believe uh like a week prior so yeah it's it's going to be kind of all over the board based on what the cases look like, what uh, vaccine distribution looks like. I really think now that Wizards has done it, I I personally feel that Pokemon is going to follow suit, not with this set, but probably the set that you'll see in August. Okay. The, uh, what's it called? Um, soaring, what is soaring, it? Skies. Soaring, soaring Skies. Soaring Skies. Yeah. Or is it Evolving Skies? Evolving Skies. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something evolving Skies. skies. Something Skies. I just know, yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, another set that I won't be able to get. But in for that, so. <laughs> Dustin, you're so negative. <laughs> hey, listen. If if any of the card shops around me didn't charge like double the price, I'd feel more optimistic and actually get them. But so we're going to talk. I'm not paying a hundred dollars. We're going to talk about this stuff here in a second for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because actually, now we are going into our main topic, which is uh, the Pokemon TCG, and we're, we're you know we've talked about the TCG on the show before. Uh, but that was from the perspective of us as fans. Uh, yep. We Consumer. thought it'd be really interesting to get some perspective from a retailer who's, you know, also, and not just a retailer, a retailer who I, I know personally cares very much about his customers and taking care of, you know, like mm -hmm. they're his friends, right? So <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, you know, we're not, we're not talking to like the CEO of Target here or anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> but someone Mr. who has Target, <laughs> Mr. Target. Uh, but we have someone here who has like firsthand knowledge of and of not just Pokemon recently, but you know for the last decade or so, right? How long have you been in the business of selling Pokemon cards? So I joined up with Miss Jen at Space Cadets in 2012, and that was born out of I started taking my my children, uh, who were very young at the time, down there to her league on Wednesday nights, uh, and that was when I really kind of got introduced to it. Uh, I mean, I knew a couple of the characters, but I didn't know the the phenomenon behind it. Uh, and so just by um, cursory knowledge, hanging out with them, watching them play the game and, and kind of learning it, that's how I got into it, started working for her. And then, of course, um, playing in Pokemon, as it were, to all the all, all the kiddos, uh, <laughs> becoming more familiar with the characters the, the rarities, the card types, uh, and all that stuff. So I've been doing it since about 2012, so almost 10 years. So, yeah, quite a lengthy amount of time. Um, mm -hmm. And I know that you are a, a, a Magic the Gathering fan, so you've, you've been a TCG person for um, much, much longer still. <laughs> 94. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old man, Jeff. <laughs> really not that old. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so the next question I had for you um, was, like we said, you, you weren't into Pokemon uh, at this time, but the TCG first released in December of 1998 in the United States. Uh, what do you remember about the Pokemon craze at that time, and what have you learned about Pokemon at that time since then? 
Oh, goodness. So I was actually, I was in college then in 98. So I wasn't really doing a lot of gaming when it was first introduced. Um, I think I became kind of aware of it around 2001, 2002, uh, when I started. This was after Laura and I got married and uh, I found a couple of shops nearby uh, where we live. So, I mean, I knew about it, but it wasn't something that that I was buying into a lot. Um, I, like I said, I don't remember a lot of the initial hype of it. Um, but we did have uh, a couple years ago, we had the co-founder of wizards of the coast. He came in and did a Q and a with us and they were the first ones to launch that here in the States. Um, and it was interesting listening to him talk about it because Pokemon had been huge in Japan, 95, 96. And so they wanted to branch into the States and, at that time, Magic was, I mean, it was it. It was the king. And so Pokemon came to Wizards of the Coast and asked them to help them market it and get it going in the States. So Wizards of the Coast was actually the first ones to print and distribute Pokemon here in the States. And for the longest time, it was even printed here. But that's that's like kind of some interesting history of it i i felt anyway yeah yeah and they have wizards of the coast had some great sets too like a pokemon cards because they stopped in like 2003 i want to say right like i think that's when 2003 or 4 is when it became yeah that sounds about right i was thinking i was leaning towards 0405 yeah um yeah it's and it's the game itself plays like kind of like baby's first magic even you know Mm -hmm. like using energies and everything like that so it's it's really cool i like that wizards of the coast is kind of who started the Pokemon? Like they didn't start the Pokemon card like craze, but like that right. they were behind the Pokemon cards coming to the U.S. or to the states. And yeah, here, yeah. Well, I think it certainly would have lent some, uh, you know, value to the concept of Pokemon cards that it was being made by the people who made Magic: The Gathering. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. if you're a TCG fan, they already have a product that you know and love out there. So maybe you're willing to take a shot, or like you said, Baby's First Magic, you, like let one of your kids. Uh, you know, play this TCG. Yeah, well, even when Pokemon first came out, I was, in 98, I was seven. So I went from Pokemon to Magic and slash Yu-Gi-Oh at the same time. So like, I kind of like went from Pokemon to Magic next as well too. And And one of the things I find so fascinating is, you know, at that time, you know, the the late 90s, uh, TCGs, Overall, we're seeing a huge surge. Yeah. Uh, and so the fact that Pokemon edged its way into the North American or the United States market uh, and was able to and has been able to hang up there with Magic uh, is is quite an accomplishment. Yeah. Well, so that's actually a question that I have uh, further down on my list, but it's a good time to ask it now. How does Pokemon compare to the other TCGs like Magic and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or, you know, there's always new ones coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. Where does Pokemon fall in the pantheon of TCGs in terms of, like, overall popularity? Because in my head, it's the most popular thing in the world right now. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I, I constantly refer to it as the 800-pound gorilla in our shop. You know, I, I said I never really wanted to be uh, a... It sounds terrible, but I don't want to be a cookie-cutter store that just carries Pokemon magic and and, and singles, but there's simply no getting around the fact that that is a money maker. 
Um, and you'd be kind of shooting yourself in the foot if you didn't. Right. And if I'm being honest, I mean, that's one of, if not the largest contributor to us, not only surviving, but thriving during this pandemic. Um, cause we took on Pokemon for the longest time had still been under Miss Jen at, at the other side on, on, on her business. We took it over in January of 20, I think. Yeah. January of 2020. Oh, right uh, before like, the research. Right too. before everything. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just to, just um, because, to kind of clarify real quick, uh, sure. Space Cadets Gaming, that's BMAX store, is like a, a sister store of Space Cadets Collection Collection, uh, which right. is a store that sells collections of collections, which is why they uh, double and, up on the, <laughs> the yeah, And comics. Yeah, comics, She's toys. huge into comics. Uh, and, that I, was, it, and that was the onus for us taking on Pokemon is that she was so busy and focused on she has done immense work on the comic book side and launching a comic book network uh and done great work over there and there, you know, it's an said, eisner award-winning store right? uh, oh we've been nominated nominated eisner oh, okay. nominated so store yeah she's been nominated gosh for the last uh seven years um so we're definitely a you know she's a, top is, it's a really store. good store <laughs> yeah that's awesome um so she, you know, she came to us and you know said it makes sense for you guys to have it. It's silly for us to have it separated like that. You guys need to take it on. I will focus on the comics. You guys focus on the Pokemon. And I'm like, okay, we'll take it on. And I knew that it was a uh, a kid centric game at that time when we took it on. It was a kid centric thing. And I was like, ah, eh, okay, we'll take it. We'll we'll carve out a little niche space for it here. And and now I don't have room for all of the things that I need to display because yeah. it's just become so overwhelmingly huge. Because who would have thought all it would have took was a pandemic and Logan Paul making a video about it? You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, the other stuff that you sell is you, Magic: The Gathering's been a, a big thing uh, for you guys for a while. Absolutely, D and D, and then on top of that, board games. Just games. in general, is you know that's the crux of the store, but these days it's basically TCGs all day, every day. Right. <laughs> you know, just about, it's what it feels like, but I look at, you know, we had some spectacular sales on Saturday and it was, it was a wide berth of products. I think Pokemon honestly helps get new folks in the door. Yeah. And then they say, Oh, you guys have, you have board games and you've got dice, you know, our, our dice, the nice pretty dice are right there by the counter. Uh, and so when they're checking out with their Pokemon, they're like, ooh, I need this set of $50 dice, please. <laughs> so I, it's it's becoming a wider swath. But yeah, there's simply no denying that we have to put a lot of effort and focus into Pokemon. That is what's getting people in the door. Very cool. Um, okay, so next question I have for you. Um, we, we talked previously that this is not the first time you've experienced a resurgence in the Pokemon TCG. How often yeah, do definitely. we get these resurgences? <laughs> um, it's honestly very cyclical. Uh, we see the same thing in a lot of TCGs, but specifically also with with Pokemon because you have uh, it's generational. I really feel um, you got guys such as yourselves that are you came in at the very beginning of Pokemon and you you've aged up. A lot of folks have moved. They've got families. Their kids are now into it. So you're, you you see these these ebbs and flows and cycles of I played it when I was a kid. Now I'm an adult. I have kids, and now they want to play it. And um, we have money now to buy the cards. We want. Exactly. It does. It's like, oh, disposable income. <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's 
it's probably just in the in the short time that I've been doing it. I would say it's probably about every two to three years. Um, you'll see a hot surge, and a lot of that has to do with the popularity of a set too. You know, from what I recall, Black and White was kind of me. It was an okay series, um, and then you hit it big with X and Y. Yeah, and X and Y sets were oh gosh, I remember Steam Siege, Ancient Origins, Roaring Skies. I remember all three of those sets right around that same time. We couldn't keep that stuff in stock. I've, I've talked um, to a lot of people that X and Y was a bit where they kind of got back into the series too, just in yeah. the video games as well too. They're like, I haven't played since Gold and Silver, but I'm going to try X and Y because it looks new. It's on the 3DS. I have a 3DS. Maybe I'll jump back in. And I think I'm not saying that that directly has anything to do with it, but I could see like. I would have been 22 at the time, so people around my age being like, I'm going to pick up some cards because oh. new game is on. I'm getting back into it. Okay. Um, well, go ahead. What I was, what I, well, I was going to add on to that. Um, do you think that this resurgence that we're in now is going to die off anytime soon? That was my next question. <laughs> oh, <laughs> You know, I keep waiting. You know, I, I've been through not only these ebbs and flows in, in the gaming industry, but you know, in the economy as a whole too. Um, and I keep, I'm watching very closely for that bubble to burst. I really thought it was going to happen with battle styles because when I saw some of the stuff that was in that, there wasn't, um, wasn't a chase card. You know, you had, you had darkness of blaze, shining fates, um, champions path. Yep. All those had, and Vivid hot, Voltage hot even, too. Oh, yeah, and Vivid Voltage. All those had hot, hot cards you had to get, especially those Charizards. And so oh, yeah. that's why you saw so much of that stuff being just snatched up as soon as it hit shelves. Battle Styles didn't have that. They had two or three, maybe four cards that were what you would call the chase cards. Um, but Battle Styles was a set for players. Yeah. And so once the collectors saw, oh, I... I can't buy a, an ETB of battle styles and, and flip it for double the price. Well, I'm not interested anymore. Uh, yep. I really thought that was going to happen with battle styles, but what's been great, at least for us, <laughs> having a little bit more availability uh, of the product, uh, those kids who were coming yep. in and wanted vivid voltage, who wanted shining fates and couldn't get it because um, now we try to do a pretty decent job of mitigating the scalper tactics but yeah. you know a lot of folks with kids that age that are getting into it now don't realize that stores such as us exist so they're going yeah. to the targets they're going to the walmarts and their shelves are bare yeah uh and so their kids are getting disappointed so uh when we see a set like battle styles where it's for the players uh, I think it's been a, a, a fantastic thing for that. And I think you're going to see kind of the same thing in Chilling Rain. There's a lot of buzz and excitement about that set. But again, that's another set for the players. That's not going to be a hot chase set. Yeah, I um, the pool rates and battle styles too are pretty, they're, they're not great. Mm -hmm. I'll say that for sure. But yeah, I, I totally know what you mean. I see those ones sitting even like, because I follow Pokemon TCG drops on Twitter as well. And they'll post whenever something goes live on different sites and stuff like that. And uh, whenever Target has battle styles go back up, they don't sell out immediately anymore. Like they sit for a while. Like you can get uh, ETB like yeah. even a couple hours later, they're still sitting when well, typically they're just selling out like crazy. It's funny that you, you say that it's for the players because when Dustin and I have been talking about battle styles, I have been higher on battle styles than Dustin has. 
And I think that's because uh, my buddy you Chase play more of the, and actually you play taught more me how to play. Too. And yeah. so then that, like, you know, playing the game on mm-hmm. online, uh, you know, I, I've actually really enjoyed a lot of those cards because they're, well, they're, they're useful cards for the game. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you're telling me Chilling Rain is going to be another a Jeff set. <laughs> I think so. I, I think I think you're in a block right now where, you know, and this is another thing that the Pokemon TCG will do is, that, you know, the Champion's Path and the Shining Fates, those are like one-offs. Those are special yeah. sets. So those are only certain ways that you can get those booster packs. But when the booster packs are more readily available, like a Battle Styles or a Chilling Rain, um, it's not going to have quite the drive that those one-off sets had. There is another set coming later this year that's going, it's, that bubble's not popping yet. Yeah. <laughs> and when, when that set drops, oh, oh my gosh, I'm already saving my pennies for it because it's going to be, it's going to be an expensive gonna, one for me. want to get as much stock as possible because people are yep. going to be calling yep. in to get it, like me. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I keep well, waiting for the pre-orders, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> for, for the next set? Yeah, well, because this one, it's, you can't pre-order Chilling Rain. No, well, not Sorry. yet, not anymore. But yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> follow. This is why I'm always saying, like, if if you have a local store that carries the Pokemon TCG, and I know poor Dustin, the local stores around him are charging exorbitant I'm gonna prices. Start, I'm gonna have to go start haggling them and be like, hey, uh, because <laughs> what do I have to do to not pay double the price here? Well, so like, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm sure Bmax making a profit on these things, but I'm comparing. I've seen the prices that they're se- they're selling for these things online versus how much I'm paying for it at Bmax store, and Bmax is charging like the correct pricing. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, and that's that's one thing I, I I you know I'm kind of pride myself on or ourselves on is that um, if, if our costs don't change. Uh, you know, I have a set cost for a booster box of whatever set. As long as that remains in line with what is normal, then our prices are going to remain the same. Uh, there are, I do have some booster boxes that I've got tucked away in the back that were about double what our normal cost is. And that's just because they're quite a bit older. So yeah. when those hit the shelves, they're going to be more expensive for sure. Right. Oh, yeah. But when it's current yeah. stuff... There's no need to do that. I mean, yeah, obviously things um, that aren't in print anymore, I don't think anyone would expect I mean, to be able to get, you know, for retail, retail price. <laughs> yeah, one, of, <laughs> one of my local shops I went into, they had like 10 Shining Fates uh, ETBs on the shelf and they were all $100. And I was like, I'll pay 50, just... I'll pay even 60, I'll pay $10 more. I'm not paying $100 more. Or and I'm I, not paying $50 I, more. Yeah, and I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to where they're getting their stock from because it might it may very well be that where they're getting it from it sounds like their distributors are that's what i wanted to ask was was about the distribution uh Mm -hmm. for these sets uh there are multiple distributors for for these cards correct Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like even stores like you you have multiple uh distributors that you purchase from so that's correct uh how how do you how do they handle that how how's pricing from those different distributors different you know, it has to do a lot with the volume that they're ordering, too. So uh, I've got three major ones that I tend to order from, and they're probably the three biggest players um, in that realm, in that space. Uh, so, you know, sadly, just like a Target or just like an Amazon, the more you order from them, the better your discount is going to be. And so the bigger discount gets passed on to us. Um 
the smaller places, they may have to charge a little bit more. And so ergo, the stores are going to have to charge a little bit more. Um, it also has to do with, so some of our allocations are based on our, our past orders, not only a Pokemon product, but from that distributor as a whole. Uh, and so the more games that I order or supplies, accessories from this distributor, uh, you know, I'm a good customer to them. And so I get a bigger discount on everything. Not everyone does that, but most of the big players will do that. Well, so um, let's shift gears here for a second. I just want to ask like something that I'm hoping that there's an interesting story. I haven't talked to you about it beforehand, but do you have any like crazy or like cool stories about selling Pokemon cards, whether they be like, like really cool, like, you know, heartwarming stories or you're like, Oh my God, you wouldn't believe how crazy this person was stories. Oh, so, okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to do, I got, I got two for you. Um, so the first one is there's a customer and I'm, uh, I'm not going to use her real name. Um, just cause she doesn't care for a lot of attention, but, um, she has collected Pokemon for gosh, probably 20 years. And, and her, her house is just covered in stuff. Uh, unfortunately, due to some medical things and some schooling things, she had, she contacted me and said, I have to get rid of all of it. Can you just take care of it for me? And so originally I was going to go over there and kind of piece things out, um, take this a little bit here, this little bit here. Well, eventually I ended up just taking everything. And that was easily three truckloads. And, you, you know, I've got a pretty good sized truck. Yeah. Um, so some of the stuff in there, you know, we were kind of talking off air about it. We had, there was a sealed base set pack. There was a sealed jungle pack. There's team rocket. We've done some Japanese stuff, graded cards. Um, there was a 15th anniversary Japanese set. I mean, Oh, I, mean, I could go on and on, but uh, we've been holding these kind of auctions for a, a lot of her things. And the money that she is making off of that, through us is going towards a, um, a new workspace in her house that is uh, more handicap friendly, mm -hmm. I guess you could say uh, some workbenches and, and things. She's going to go back to school. Um, so that's been really great because she's very appreciative of us being able to take all of that stress and headache off of her. Cause she was trying to sell it all herself, took care of all that for her and we just hand her a check. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's been great for her. Uh, the second story that I really love, it starts off kind of rough, but uh, has a really happy ending. Uh, another customer who, again, unfortunately had to sell a bunch of stuff. He had uh, uh, a bad accident, totaled his car, brought me a ton of his cards, and we, we bought them. One of them was a special delivery Pikachu, which is excruciatingly rare. I can't tell you how rare that card is. And the only way you could get it was from the Pokemon center in Japan when you made a particular order. So a rare card. Uh, he brought that to us and perfect condition. Uh, we, we purchased it. It was going to go in our case the night I was going to put it into the case. Uh, and I'm putting out all the cards. I get down to towards the end. And I'm like, there's that special delivery card. I mean, it was in this stack. Um, have no evidence to support this theory, but I, I'm sure it was lifted. Someone stole it. And when I said, when I shared the story out so that people could kind of be, other stores could be on the lookout for someone selling 
perfect Pikachu card, right? Right. Um, he saw it. The guy who sold me the card saw it, and he was crushed because he didn't want to get rid of it in the first place. And the fact that it was gone. Now, we still gave him his money, obviously. Yeah. Um, and he tried to give it back. I was like, absolutely not. You're That's, that's yours now. Um, but he was heartbroken that, A, someone would steal it, and B, it was something that he didn't want to give up anyway. Another set of customers saw that story, felt wildly strong about it, asked me to find them a link to, on eBay for another one that was comparable. They went and purchased it with their money, and... They said that is for him to get that card back. So, I mean, that's that just speaks to the community that um, that this game has created. Honestly, uh, these customers have never met. They have no idea who each other are, and they're like, "Oh, that stinks!" And we feel so strongly about it. We're going to go spend this money to buy you a replacement. So they so bought, that you they bought that him. Card back. They bought him his card, not his card, but they bought him a special delivery right. Pikachu to replace that. So and, that you know, so he got the money he needed to uh, to help with what he was going through, but then also got to get his card. That's great. What I, what I like about that story too is like we're obviously huge Pokemon fans here, and the Pokemon community is like it's a really cool and like generous community. There's just all that people are seeing right now is like the crazy people that are scalpers mm-hmm. that are going to stores to buy it and stuff like that. So. It's just cool because it does show that like this community is really cool and they like care yep. about each other and stuff like that. Yeah, and and hopefully, awesome. and I'm sure that most retailers, or at least the people at like the the local shops, can tell the difference between people who are actually like parts of the Pokemon community and people mm-hmm. who are just there to buy it and flip it. So, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yep, you can definitely sniff those out. Well, so uh, what? How do you handle? scalpers how do you handle fanboys like how do you, you know, <laughs> how do you handle all that you know it's it, it's kind of nice you know we talked a little bit ago about how a lot of folks don't know that stores like, like us exist i think that was true also for a lot of the scalpers because the you know you mentioned logan paul and his youtube videos that's where the scalping really took yep. a, a major boost and these these folks that had no knowledge of Pokemon whatsoever, they're just like, oh, sealed Pokemon product. I can turn it and sell it for double. They're going to those big box stores, and that's where they were buying their supply. They don't even know that places, places like us exist. I'm not going to say that's a universal rule, but by and large, they're not coming to, to people like us. Um, when they do, I mean, you've seen it firsthand, Jeff, when we get new stuff in. It's a limited quantity. We'll get five or six of an item, and we say, "This is what we got." Yeah. Limited one, no calls, no, no holds. If you want to purchase it, you purchase it over the phone. But we're not holding any product, and you can only get one of it. Yeah. And so that, that's been serve. a great way to combat it. Is you know just nip it right there in the bud. Just say, "Oh, you get one." And from and a, a personal you, perspective, it's also been very beneficial to me to prevent me from buying more than I can afford. <laughs> well, and that's what I was going to say earlier is even like when Target and stuff would have their things pop up, like recently they had Shining Fates uh, ETBs pop up and I just bought one. I was like, I'm not going to like buy a bunch of these because I buy them to actually collect them. I'm not buying them to flip them. So I'm like, I don't need to buy like four of these or whatever, like the, lim- the amount that people are going to buy. I just buy one of them. So yeah. Just it's- a, 
share a story. I don't know if you were aware. There was a, um, I think it was, it's either a Discord or a Reddit channel somewhere that was posting coordinates, GPS tracking information for the delivery trucks. Oh, my God. Like the Targets and the Walmarts. And they would just follow them around from store to store while they were uh, making their making their deliveries. That, that's that's oh how God. insane that that mess got. And luckily, I think it's like you said, it's kind of died off uh, a little bit. But that's that's the level of honestly, that sounds uh, dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, well, you well, know, it's bad when Target and Walmart are not even selling them in their stores anymore. Like, yeah, it's. But, you know, even when it's not in a big Pokemon craze, uh, I'm sure you do get, like I said, fanboys who are overly passionate. Uh, is, do you run into problems with, with that? I mean, because Pokemon being the kind of franchise that people hmm. become very passionate about and start hosting podcasts about and things like that. Uh, <laughs> who would do, you, do that? <laughs> do you have, like, any problems? With, is that a, a frequent occurrence where overly passionate people come in and get in your face about... You know, like, oh, well, this card isn't worth that because blah, blah, blah. And, you know, do you have, do you have people um, who, are, who are like that? No. You know, I'm thinking back, you know, we, we'd only had the opportunity to host a couple of events prior to to the shutdown. And luckily, we didn't have any issues with uh, the, the fanboys on, on, and on that front. I've had a couple of minor run-ins where people will bring me cards to sell and... You know, I know that this card is worth forty dollars, and you know, I, we tell them up front: our policy is fifty percent of market value in cash, or sixty percent in store credit. We're not we're not trying to hide it or be shady about it, right? You know, so when I offer them twenty bucks, I'm like, oh, but this card's worth forty dollars. You're right; it is worth forty dollars, and these are what the prices we're paying. <laughs> um, and I, I've had some folks get kind of kind of testy with me and it, and it stinks too. Cause you know, I've had folks bring me entire binders and it's really good stuff. And I'm like, I really want this and I'll go through it and I'll price out 20, 30 cards and say, okay, here's my offer. Oh, that's, that's, that's half of what it's worth. <laughs> yes. That's what it's, it's <laughs> what I'm paying and they'll get mad and leave. So that's time that I've spent looking these things up. And that you that I could have been dedicating to someone else when you know full well going into it what my prices are. So yeah. luckily, I mean, we usually don't have any issues with that. And if something's really hot, if I have a base set Shadowless Charizard come in, no, I'm not going to give 50% on that. I'll go a little bit higher. But on these, you know, uh, um, I don't want to say run-of-the-mill cards, but you know, some of the everyday stuff that we see, yeah, that's our policy. Like Crobat V's. Bmax oh, Bmax got like I am forty so Crobat V's. Tired of Crobat V's. <laughs> I like the card. It's a good card, but you it's know. a beautiful card. But oh my gosh, and stack this thick of Crobat V's. I don't even have to look it up anymore. I know how much it's worth. That's the thing too, is if people really want, if they want the full price, then try to sell it online. Like then just exactly, you know, like they know what they're getting into. Well, and not to. When, put my head in the lion's mouth here, but like when I was a GameStop manager, we ran into that all the time with people trading in games at GameStop. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you're uh, granted the four cents that you okay. GameStop likes to give you. GameStop's GameStop's <laughs> prices are not 50% of value like ever, but it's like no. 3%. <laughs> so like, I understand the complaint, but I was like, but also like 
people getting mad at me like, no, the, you know what this is. Everyone, everyone knows that GameStop is not going to give you what it's worth. <laughs> why? Why you only <laughs> you only go trade in at GameStop when they have some sort of promotion going? Yes, That's and you it. trade in for That's store literally. credit. Trade in for store credit so yeah. you can buy something else. That's the reason yeah. to to go to GameStop to trade in stuff. But uh, yeah, so I, I was just wondering if you ever have to deal with that sort of thing because I certainly dealt with it at GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean we've been very fortunate in that realm. I think because people know know our reputation, and you know we're not out to hose you, and and we hope that you're doing. So before I go on to my next question, do you have a hard out like uh, that you have to be uh, done by? No, not really. Okay, cool. I'm just going to go down and help Nerf paint the store when we're done. <laughs> okay, cool. So because I, I do have some other questions I really want to get to. Sure, um, get to it. I've I've talked up Space Cadets many many times uh, on the show, and like granted, it, basically like, every week. Yeah, because and we appreciate that. <laughs> but uh, maybe there's some room for sponsorship, Jeff. <laughs> okay, well we will talk about that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> but what I wanted to ask about was like obviously I love the community that we have at Space Cadets. But my question is, how do you build a community like the one that you have at Space Cadets? If it, it comes down to integrity, I, I mean, I, I don't want to sound too braggadocious or pat myself on the back, but you know. We do what we say, um, we, and we follow through on on what we're doing. And if if we stumble, and believe me, there are days certainly where we stumble. We're going to make it right. Um, and I think through this this pandemic, I've met some fantastic folks, made lots of new customers and friends uh, through this Pokemon journey. And you know, they all have glowing things to say about us. And it's just because we do what we say we're going to do. Um, we let people know and, and when you talk about the scalpers and things, you know, putting limits on stuff. Um, we did get burned. Oh gosh. I can't remember what set it was now. Maybe it was vivid. I think it was vivid voltage. Um, we had our stuff up online cause our, you know, we have a website and it's, it's a global presence and we didn't catch it. And someone snatched up 27 of our pre-release kits. And I was like, well, I didn't clarify. I didn't put any limits on it. We got to follow through with it. So a lot of folks in our community missed out on it. And at that point we said, no more. Never again. So our, <laughs> our sealed, you cannot find our sealed Pokemon product on our website. I purposefully keep it down so that people in the Houston area are the ones that get it. And so I think it's kind of stuff like that. Just, you know, we want to support the community. We want to bring people in. We want to foster relationships. You know, that's kind of our tagline. If you see it on our Facebook page or our website, it's building community through gaming. And that's just very simply what it is. You know, since since I graduated college, I, you know, I, I, I grew up here in the area. I have friends from high school and, you know, I have a few friends from college that live in the Houston area and all that. But the vast majority of the people that I see regularly and I spend time with, you know, in the last basically decade have been people I met through Space Cadets Collection Collection or through Space Cadets Gaming. Uh, and so, you know, this is why I'm always I always bring it up and it's cheesy, I know, but I always tell people to go to the local shops because like those are the people that you can actually form a relationship with. You mm -hmm. might be able to form a relationship with the guy who stocks the shelf at Target. You might be able to. Uh, but uh it's they're they're not there to foster that your local shop wants to build a community at least 
they should. And if they don't, then they're screwing up. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if if Target doesn't make a sale on a on a Pokemon ETB, well, oh well, we didn't make that sale. We don't yeah. make a sale on a Pokemon ETB. That's that's huge. That's that starts to become detrimental when uh, when those things fall through. Well, and then even with Vivid Voltage, like for selling online and stuff like that, I think that's when this started, right? Like that was the set when this all really started. So mm -hmm. it was like, nobody really was prepared for what was about. Yeah, to that was kind of thing. That was the first uh, pandemic released yeah. set because we did we did um, uh, Rebel Clash was yeah. our first pre-release under our store banner. And it was wildly successful, and I was not prepared for how packed that place was. Um, and then, you know, a month later, oh, you got to close. So Crap. that sucked. <laughs> yes. But uh, you guys did obviously bounce back, and like you said, you know, had a the, the pandemic, and you ended up being able to thrive uh, during the pandemic. Yes. Uh, another question I had for you was because uh, I'm I'm very interested in like how things compare. Uh, how, how does the Pokemon crazies compare to Magic the Gathering crazies? You know, who, uh, that's a great question. I, I think, I think you're seeing those lines become very, very parallel. It used to be, you know, we had some folks that came in and they just had encyclopedic knowledge of magic. Um, by and large, the people that were coming in for Pokemon were the younger kids. They're like, I like Pikachu or Eevee or whatever. Um, <laughs> or Eevee so or we whatever. Hit, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you didn't see kind of that level of, um, I want to say, not addiction. That's not the right word. Fandom? Dedication. Oh, dedication. There we go. Fandom. <laughs> dedication. Uh, you know, these guys would come in and rip off card combinations and know this, that, and release dates, blah, blah, so much. Uh, and now I think you're really starting to see uh, Pokemon kind of come in line with that. When when I hear these guys talk on Wednesday nights about some of their decks, and they know these cards, and they know, they know their abilities, and they can rattle them off. Um, so I, I, other than the games being different, I think that those those lines for what you would call the crazies are right there neck and neck with each other. Uh, Nermf in the chat says Pokemon is a gateway game. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, that's I how I got into that. magic. I would say I too. Would say like when that, I was a kid. Um, five years ago, I would say that I don't think Pokemon is necessarily a gateway game anymore. Um, I think it is, like I said, it's right there. It's neck and neck with, with magic. And in, and in some cases, you know, if you look at just our shop in general, the amount of Pokemon that we have compared to the amount of magic that we have right now. Uh, you know, I said earlier on, we carved out a small space for Pokemon when we first took it on in our cases, our display case for singles. Well, we had this small little cute little square right here for Pokemon, and now it's overflowing and I need another case just for Pokemon. So, uh, Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, we already talked about that. Oh, here, here's a fun one. What is the rarest or most valuable card that you've had come through your store? Um, card, I would say it was a um, Legendary Treasures Charizard. Legendary Treasures Charizard. Uh, 
think I think it was Legendary Treasures, maybe Legendary Collection. Legendary Collection. Uh, it's the, legendary it was supposed collection. to be based at three, but then it just became Legendary Collection. Yeah, okay, so that's the one. Um, we actually purchased that one from our mutual friend Chase. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. Okay, so I have to sh- I have to share this story. It was just so funny because Laura was there, Nerf was there with me when when this transaction occurred. Chase brought me this card. I looked it up and we negotiated. We came up to a value. I cut him a check for multiple hundreds of dollars. And after I cut him the check, he mobile deposited it. And then he started calling around to different shoe stores. Yeah. He was looking for a new pair of Jordans, I guess. And he found them and they were like, oh gosh, $300. Something like that. I was like, I can't believe Chase that you were going to go spend $300 on a pair of shoes. And Laura, my wife says, well, you just spent X amount of dollars on a piece of paper. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Fair, fair enough. Fair so, enough. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, uh, so we sold that one. I think we sold that one for seven fifty. Wow, one hundred fifty. Uh, the most expensive Pokemon item we've sold is we had that base set booster pack. It was a Charizard art on the on the pack. Um, that one was just a shade under a grand. <laughs> Holy cow! Yeah. So, <laughs> and did did you sell it to someone locally, or was that an online? Uh, so that was. That was local, and it was someone that, again, speaking to this community, uh, someone that I, I had met, formed a relationship with, um, and he told me about his collecting desires. And I went and picked up this massive Pokemon collection the gal I spoke about earlier. Uh, that was one of the items in her collection, and I was taking pictures of stuff and sending it to him directly because I knew he wanted it. I knew yeah. he was looking for these things. So while I'm looking through her collection and finding other stuff that I want, he and I are negotiating a price for this booster pack. <laughs> <laughs> did he did he open it or did he buy it to keep I, it sealed? I keep trying to get him to open it. He won't do it. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't blame him. You know. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, so you know you can weigh them. I don't know if you guys have talked about yep. weighing the booster packs. We've talked about that people do it. I have. We have not done it. <laughs> he he weighed it. And it's like just a shade under what they would call the heavy side. So it probably has a hollow in there, but he's not willing to risk opening it up for well, because nothing great. Yeah, I mean, how many hollows from that set are worth a thousand dollars? I mean, not many. I mean, so like you're taking even, a pretty big gamble. <laughs> yeah, even even like a, a hollow Blastoise, which was Blastoise was the second highest set, all of them by Venusaur. You know, you're only looking at uh, about three, four hundred for the Blastoise and about two hundred for Venusaur in perfect condition, of course. Right. You know, Charizard is the winner, and you know, I'm an agent of chaos. And so I keep trying to get him to open it, because it could be, it. it could be a Charizard. Could be. It might be. <laughs> I, the card collection that I went and looked at recently, my friend, uh, they had basically gotten some cards from like, uh, he, my buddy, he used to play rugby and the coach's wife was like, Hey, my kid doesn't want these cards anymore. You can have them. And he actually has a reverse hollow Charmeleon from the legendary collection set. And it's in really good condition. And so we looked it up just on like PSA to see what the like mint 10 is. And it's like a $1,500 card. <laughs> I was like, you guys maybe should get this one uh, rated because it's pretty good condition. So so uh, I'm glad you mentioned the the ratings there, Dustin. Uh, what's the deal ah. with, with grading cards, BMAC? Like, why, why do that? 
So it kind of picked up steam in the mid 2000s with sports cards. Uh, Beckett was kind of the first one to introduce grading cards specifically for baseball and football cards in the, in the mid or um, yeah, mid two thousands there. Um, and it's really just to kind of certify, it's like a certified, they call it, well, CGC is certified guaranteed company. Right. And I'm, and I'm so that's, personally very familiar with CGC from uh, my comic book collection. The comic. Days, yeah. My yes. friend's dad <laughs> is a comic book collector as well too. And he does CGC all the time. Yeah, so CGC is like the name in comic books. Uh, there's others out there now, but CGC for the longest time was it. And they're getting into the, the card grading now as well. And so it's really just a way to say, hey, I certify that this card is you know, 8 out of 10 on on condition. Uh, and it's encased in plastic. It has a grading label, and it actually has a barcode that is unique to that card and that grade. Um, and there is most of those sites you can search like their registry of uh, graded cards. And so if you want a specific EV graded um, that you're looking for, you can search their registry and see how many um, are there, how many there are. And I think if you pay, you can actually see who did the grading. So you would be able to reach out to them theoretically and and find out about like how to acquire it, how to purchase it from them. So I was getting a bunch of comic books graded, uh, you know, some old classic comics, but then also mm-hmm. I'd get, I would get comics that I just really loved the cover art. You know, I'd get that sort of stuff graded. Uh, how much does grading affect the value of a card? Cause with comic books, sometimes a good grade can mean thousands of dollars mm-hmm. uh, of uh, extra value from a card uh, fr- from a comic. But also sometimes uh, you get your your comic graded and it costs you a hundred bucks total to get it graded, and then it comes back and your comic's worth fifty bucks. So that oh. was not a good investment. <laughs> no, no. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the card popularity. Um, excuse me, how many of those cards were actually in circulation to begin with? Um, just as an example, we had an ancient mule which is the card. It was the promo card for the movie that was out in 2000. Pokemon, the movie um, 2000, check out a review on YouTube right we now. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, uh, oh, man, we, we've passed through probably 25 of those at, at, at some point through our dealing of singles. We've passed through about 25 of these cards, really good condition, really bad condition. We've got two of them graded. Um, so it's about a $30 card ungraded. If it's in great condition, uh, we sold one today. It was graded at an eight five, and we sold it for one hundred and fifty. So that's a pretty good return on investment. Well, how much? Um, how much does it cost to grade a card versus, like I said, grading a comic? Like because for mm-hmm. comics, because CGC for so long was the name in comic book grading, and they were like the only one. And if you went with anyone mm-hmm. else, you know, you were less likely to get the value of the comic, you know, that you would probably deserve. Uh, but like, you would have to pay extra money to get it fast you know, fast passed mm-hmm. or whatever they called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you sent in your comic and didn't pay for the extra quick, you know, valuation of your comic, you might not get your comic back for over a year, depending on how long the queue was to get, to get your comic graded. And we're seeing the exact same thing in the grading industry right now. So PSA was kind of the name and Pokemon grading for the longest time. Um, and right around midsummer. They were backlogged by months. 
And as of early this year, they actually stopped taking submissions altogether. Uh, they said, no, no, you, you, you can't even like I went to go and sign up and it said, unless I went to their tippy top tier, I could not even submit anything. Well, now they've even stopped that. So I don't know. They may have turned it back on because I think it's finally started to taper off. But uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing on the comics, Jeff. It's you you pay for that extra speedy service to get it back. And that's, I mean, we were charging 45 uh, per card to do the express grading on that. So anywhere between, like, we were charging 10 bucks for bulk. Um, that would take roughly six months. Yeah. Yeah, we're still waiting on some bulk. We sent off 59 for one customer, and we're waiting on his to come back still. So basically with, with card grading, I mean, it's honestly kind of the same as comic book grading. You either need to decide if... You're doing it because you want to preserve the card, in mm-hmm. which case how much it costs might not actually be relevant to you because you want to keep it. You just want to keep it preserved well. Then sure, you, it costs some extra, uh, and and you might not get your return on your investment value wise, but your card's going to be in good shape. Versus, or you need to do the research and find out after I get this card graded if it's below this rating, is it worth me getting it graded dollar wise, and then. Just don't do that if if it's not going to be worth it. <laughs> uh, you know, I I've actually I have talked people out of grading stuff because it's just not going to be worth it. You know, they're there it's going to take too long. It's going to be too cost prohibitive, or the card's just not in great condition. I, I've looked at cards before, and I'm like, that thing's going to come back a five or six, and you're going to be disappointed with the money that you spent on that. Um, I definitely encourage folks to. You know, get some done and the reason being hang on to them because 20 30 years i mean let's face it we talked about these are pieces of paper they're going to degrade no matter how well you protect them with your with the sleeves and the top loaders and your own cases the matter is that these grading companies these are airtight seals on these cards and it's going to preserve them so if you have specific ones that you want to preserve uh, that's just going to make them more and more valuable. But you have to wait. You have to be patient. And I think a lot of that, uh, what we're seeing now in this current surge is the impatience level. Same goes with purchasing product. If you just hang on, the stuff's going to be available. They're going to print more of it. Um, but are but, they? You know, <laughs> 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 but, I mean, I, I think culturally definitely in this country, maybe some more in others, but we have this level of uh, FOMO, the fear of missing out. Uh, That level of impatience is so high. uh, We have to have it now. Um, So, you know, they they get these graded cards back and they want to flip them right away. Well, they're not worth what, you know, like you said, they're not worth what I spent to get them done. Just hang on to them because eventually even the most common of Pokemon cards if they're not graded are going to take on damage or, you know, just degrade and you've got yours preserved in that case. Uh, Let's go on to the next question. Um, I uh, I did want to ask what makes up the bulk of the sales. Is it players or is it collectors these days? And I don't mean collectors like scalpers. I mean like people buying to play or people like Dustin buying to collect. I think it's a healthy mix. 
I really do. You're you're getting the kids that come in that are getting the ETBs and the special collection boxes because and and they'll sit there and rip it right in front of me because they want to get into the packs. Uh, and then you've got other folks too that are. <laughs> I had a guy when we had. I think it may have been a previous set to um, to battle styles on our booster box. Um, pulled a couple out of the box and, and he said, do you mind if I look at them? Sure. So he looked at him very specifically to see what the corners looked like on the box, because as soon as he bought it, it was going into a hard plastic case and he was buying it <laughs> to collect. Um, so I, I think there's definitely a healthy mix there for us. Now, and especially, and, I mean, when it comes to the single sales, though, that's definitely collector. The sing for the singles, it's it's collectors. Singles, yeah. What's yep. funny is when I the other, I guess it's been a couple of weeks now that I came in and bought some singles. I specifically bought some singles that I wanted for decks. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to do that with Magic. I would make a deck online, like I would just go through, make the cards I wanted, and then go find them and buy them or order mm-hmm. them. whatever I needed to do. That was a better deck. Uh, what advice, BMAC, do you have for people who are trying to get into Pokemon TCG or any TCG for the first time ever? Like they're completely new to the concept. What advice do you have for them? Um, you know, shameless self-plug. Find yourself, like you said, find yourself a local shop. Uh, um, most of these places are going to have a league day. So you know, we have our league day on Wednesdays, and that's a great time. We tell kids to come in if they want to learn how to play the game. We have a fantastic starter box that uh, that we keep on hand to, to that has demo decks, and we show them how to play the game. There are in, in these game shops around the country, not just us. Uh, there are people who are wanting to teach you how to play the game and teach your kiddos how to play the game. There are people who are passionate about it. Uh, they want to just see that hobby grow. They want more players engaged. Uh, and I think that's that holds true for a lot of those TCGs, Magic included. Um, we just we all just want to see the the hobby grow and see more and more fans get into the game. So I think that's probably the number one way to do that. Uh, and there's a phenomenal amount of product available as well to help get you there. Uh, you know, Pokemon does a great trainer deck when new sets come out. Uh, it's a 60 card deck. Gives you the rule sheet, a little playmat that walks you through some of the steps. Uh, any of those games like that are going to have some sort of intro pack that's going to get you there. And in some cases, maybe some of these stores even have free decks uh, to hand out. Let's say my, my I'm I'm not a Magic fan, but you know, BMAC gave me a shot, like you know, and gave me a a a, a freebie starter deck. So that I could learn to play the game and see if I actually wanted to get into it, and I did enjoy it. But then I was like, "No, I, I, <laughs> I don't want to get into a, ha- a hobby where I'm dropping a hundred dollars every couple of weeks on, on pieces of paper." Oops, yet, here, you here are. we are. Oops, here we are. Thanks, Dustin. There's, there's, <laughs> hey, man, you're welcome. There's also the Battle Academy too, which you can pick up as well, which is only like yeah, twenty bucks. Yeah, that's the box that I was referring to. We yeah, keep one yep. of those. All right. Um, let's see. Well, I mean, we've already touched on some of these, so I'm going to skip some of these questions. Uh, do you remember any particular set in the Pokemon TCG that was just an absolute bust? Like it was just <laughs> like nobody wanted this. 
Uh, yeah, Rebel Clash. What made yeah, that? That's... What made that set so unlikable? <laughs> I think it was that there was such excitement for base sword and shield, and that was the introduction for the V's and the V maxes, and there was such hype around that. And then Rebel Clash came out, and it just was kind of. Eh. Eh. I mean, it was okay. Um, there wasn't, there just wasn't that excitement in it. And it's funny that for the longest time we sat on product and that's when I was like, you know, that was right after we took it on. I'm like, Oh, did we make a bad call? <laughs> um, and now, you know, rebel clash is another one that you can't really get, can't keep in, keep in stock. And I think it's just because people are itching to get their hands on anything. any cards, <laughs> but, but that's the, that's the one that comes to mind most recently as, of a dud yeah i even myself i've gotten a few rebel clashbacks but it's not one that i like go out of my way to get right now i'm basically on the shining fates kick just because i want that charizard <laughs> but <laughs> so uh last question i had for you uh is just is kind of a general tcgs question uh are all the tcgs that you carry seeing a boost in popularity right now or uh, is it is it restricted to just a certain few? So uh, right now, in terms of CCGs, the only two that we're carrying really are Pokemon and Magic. Um, we did Vanguard, Vyschwartz with uh, from Bushi Road um, during pandemic. The Vanguard crowd kind of well, I mean, not kind of. They just kind of stopped coming, um, and so sales and sales were never really quite what they should have been for vanguard vice does okay because that's anime based so anime has a huge following so usually those sets do okay for us um you don't do any Yu-Gi-Oh, uh just because it's kind of the some... same it's kind of the same crowd pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, right like the same clientele mm, you don't think so really no Yu-Gi-Oh has got not a delicate way to describe the Yu-Gi-Oh crowd, so I'm just not gonna. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just not pleasant from in, in our experience in this area, and that's not to say that's not to say it's that way everywhere. Obviously, <clears throat> right? Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I picked up Yu-Gi-Oh cards. This was even before the pandemic. But my cousin and I, we picked up some cards we were gonna play, and then I just bought like a few decks, few booster packs, and it's just still sitting mm. in a box, unplayed. Uh. There is, you've got the new, well, there's Dragon Ball Super. We discontinued carrying that. Um, but that was big for a while. It was huge. Now, the problem with where Magic and Pokemon really have some strength, at least for us, is not only the sealed product, but the aftermarket, where there's such history behind those two games you know, like I said, we have cases of singles and people still come in and buy singles all the time because they're either collecting or they're looking for cards for a deck. So the singles market is huge for that. Uh, some of these other games, <coughs> excuse me, with Dragon Ball, um, Vanguard, Vyschwartz, Digimon, Flesh and Blood. I mean, we've never really touched Flesh and Blood, so I can't speak truly to that one, but there's no secondary market really for that stuff. When when Dragon Ball was really hot, yeah, we would sell through a bunch of a sealed stuff. But once people got 
uh, a bunch of cards and they would want to like, oh, okay, well, I've got the cards I need for my deck. I don't need all this, all these. I'm going to sell them to Space Cadets. And then those singles sat. Yeah. Because they just didn't have a demand. Um, but people will go out on either eBay or TCG Player or something like that, get one or two cards that they really want. And that's the end of it. Uh, once they get the deck that they want, they're done. With with these two games, with the Magic and the Pokemon, like I said, there's such history behind it. And you've got a wealth of formats that you can play. And, and people just construct decks upon decks upon decks. And so they're always looking for a product. And I think that's that's the real difference and why those two are, again, the 800-pound gorillas in, in, in any gaming space. And it's it's very very difficult for a new CCG to break in and be successful against those two behemoths. So Nerf in chat calls out Keyforge. So Keyforge, I don't actually classify as a CCG. So it, the terminology CCG is collectible card game for those. Keyforge <coughs> is is a really unique concept. Uh, Every deck in Keyforge is 100% unique. There is no duplicate that is exactly like that deck anywhere in the world. It has a unique name and a unique card structure. Um, it's done by Richard Garfield, who was all, you know designer of Magic. Um, and I won't get too much into the mechanics of it, but the, the, the big thing of it is there is no secondary market, period, for Keyforge. You get a deck, that's a deck. Uh, and it's a 30-card 30 30 card deck five can't remember now it's been too long 36 it's a 36 card deck and like i said no two decks are are unique or are uh the same they each have a unique qr code that you scan and when you go to a tournament you say okay i'm going to use this deck today and you scan that qr code you scan your player qr code you're in you play that deck the entire time um based on how well you can actually track your deck by wins and losses online, which is kind of slick, and it actually handicaps you. So if a deck does really, really amazing in a lot of different tournaments, you actually get what's called chains, and it starts uh, hindering uh, the capability to draw cards. And so it kind of brings the so competitive level of that deck. Yes, it automatically balances, which is fantastic. Uh, so Keyforge is very, very successful for us, but I don't classify that necessarily as a CCG. Because people aren't, there's no aftermarket at all. It's not about mm -hmm. collecting necessarily. Right. Um, it kind of sounds more like a board game that doesn't have expansions than kind of like where you sell that game. Or do people still buy multiple decks? Oh, oh hundreds of decks. Hundreds of decks. Because they'll get one that's like, and, and it'll give you a power rating. You're like, okay, that's a really good deck. I'm going to try that at a tournament. Um, this one's okay. I might give this one a shot at another time. I had to Google it because I'd never even heard of Keyforge. Check it just out. Now, it's, but, yeah. I mean, it's 10 bucks a deck and you need, really, you need just one. But if you want to, you know, kind of experiment, play around with some different things, get two, three, four decks and you're set. Okay. My, uh, I, I've, I mean, I've heard of Keyforge, but mostly just through being in your shop. <laughs> uh, my brother in the chat uh, calls out. He says, "No Star Wars CCG?" Question <laughs> mark. Which one? <laughs> so, uh, if you're talking about the one from, I mean, there hasn't been really a Star Wars CCG. I mean, I guess, I guess Destiny, but Destiny was a mix between a dice rolling game. 
and a, a, and a CCG. Paul is and referring to Star Wars CCG, the one that was selling from in Decipher, the, the late nineties, the uh, late nineties. Yeah, because <laughs> we it's we funny. bought a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I'm in a group on Facebook called Dead CCGs, and there's a lot of activity for Star Wars and Star Trek uh, CCGs on there. I love the Star Trek CCG. I could get my hands on a bunch of that stuff and play it. So what uh, Paul brings up Star Wars and it brings me to, I guess, what will be my last question uh, on CCGs in general is what, you know, is, is it just the, how do you know when a, when a CCG is going to make it? Is there a way to know which ones are going to stand the test of time? Because when we were playing Star Wars, all of our friends were playing Star Wars as well. So mm-hmm. like we, I, I thought that Star Wars CCG was going to be around forever. But then they came out with Young Jedi, and uh, which was completely unrelated to the Star Wars CCG. And it sucked. <laughs> and, then, and then I never bought another Star Wars CCG at all. So like, how do you know when a CCG is going to make it? It's interesting. You go back. There's I found a wiki page not too long ago all the CCGs that have come and gone and gosh, I think there was like almost 800 entries. Um, You've got the big three Pokemon magic Yu-Gi-Oh. Those three have stood the test of time. Everything else. will make a big splash, but it just doesn't have the staying power. And I, and again, I, I hate to keep coming back to it, but I think it's just because they're trying to compete with something that has been established for 20 years, 25 years in, in both of those cases. And so it's, it's a very tough thing, even for wizards, wizards introduced transformers, uh, two and a half years ago. And, oh my gosh, it was an incredible game. And you know, this is an established company doing this. They killed their own game. So, terms of what makes it successful i think it's it's going to take community that rallies around it and wants to make sure that it hangs around and i look at something like a digimon people pressed and pressed and pressed for us to get digimon and i said i'm not going to do it because i'm not going to spend the money to have that product and have it die in a year and for the long for a while there it was that's all i heard about was digimon and here we are. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been about nine. Let's see. That came out in January. They had their pre-release in January. So we're pushing six months in. You're not getting calls anymore. <laughs> don't, no one, no one's looking for it anymore. I think there's two places that still try and run it. Uh, I don't know what their success level is with it. Maybe they're still very successful with it. Um, I don't see Dragon Ball tournaments as much as, as we used to. I just, trying to enter that space is is a tall tall order i suppose as a retailer it's you know it depends on what your goal is like with you your goal is to form community and have people who keep coming back to the store for for mm-hmm. that reason so you need to have games that are sustainable so that people mm-hmm. continue to be part of that community i suppose there are probably other games retailers that are happy to like get this new CCG, TCG, whatever, however you want to call it, uh, mm-hmm. and for what for some hot property, and they know that they're going to sell a bunch of it in the first you know three months, and then they'll never sell any more. But that's okay because they sold all the stuff that they had in that first three months. You know, so I yeah, guess- if you make back you make back your investment on it, then 
cool. Right. But it sounds weird as, as, as a business owner to say that I'm not in the business of making money because we are in the business of making money. But I, I want to put my time and effort and resources into building something that is sustainable as a community. And you know, I have to be very careful and evaluate when, when these new CCGs come, come down the line. I'm like, is that something that we can build a community around? And we've tried you, it on different things and it just sometimes doesn't work. And if you're taking up valuable space as well too, for something else that may be more popular or yeah, it just doesn't seem like the best idea. Cause you may miss out on something that you know is going to make mm -hmm. either keep the community happy or make a profit as where some of them may not. Dustin, did you have any other questions for BMAC? No, I think you mainly touched on all of them that I wanted to go over. Um, yeah, it's just fascinating to hear about it from a different side because I don't really like, even when I go to card shops, I'm not sitting there for like an hour and a half. Like we are now almost two hours chatting with the owner of a card shop being like, how did you get into well, this? It's <laughs> fun. I, I mean, I can, yeah. I can talk all day. I love talking. <laughs> well, so we are coming to the end of the show. We have one last segment and BMAC, you're of course invited to participate in this. Uh, but if you don't want to, I also understand. Uh, the last segment of the show is rank that Pokemon. And we're going to discuss a Pokemon and uh, rank them among, you know, we, we do one a week where we rank all these Pokemon against each other. Uh, and this week's Pokemon is Pokemon number 294. If you want to Google that on your phone, BMAC or, or, or anything like that. Pokemon 294, that is Loudred. And I'm gonna so basically, we're, what we're doing is we're ranking a Pokemon against Squirtle every week and seeing if we think <laughs> Squirtle will ever be dethroned. <laughs> <laughs> so the the current ranking, I'm just going to go through the top 10. Uh, number 10 is Poliwag. Number 9, Hariyama. Number 8, Duat. Number 7, Rookie D. Number 6, Shieldon. Number 5, Rockruff. 4, Floatzel. 3, Galarian Zigzagoon. Number 2 is Surfetched. And as Dustin has already explained, number one currently, Squirtle. <laughs> so I know you didn't play the games, but you've been you've seen these cards for a real long time here. So yeah. I feel like you've probably seen most of these Pokemon in, in the like, cards. I'm looking at Rock Rough, really? Well, so it's like, you know, we're pretty so we, early on in our show. A, so. Yeah, we do a random number generator every week. And so okay, we just okay. take whatever number they give us and then we rank that Pokemon. Uh, as far as Loudred goes, my real only like connection to Loudred is from detective pikachu and like the scene with like him using his ears as like the speakers for the mm -hmm. or like in his mouth is like the speakers for the club and i like xbloud i think xbloud looks cool um but like as far as Loudred goes this week i don't really have much to say so, if i'm being honest it, i just we talked about it when we did our detective pikachu review in that movie Loudred gets high on pokey dust and then yeah. starts blasting dubstep. It's basically <laughs> if you go to a rave, it's essentially that's what someone at the rave would look like. Loudred is the rave Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm not, honestly, I, I don't really have, you don't have strong feelings race for per se. Like this is like a three star, two, three star Pokemon for me. Like I don't really. So yeah, what we, what we try to do BMAC is we try to, you know, come up with a number rating, you know, like, like uh, a 10 point scale, you know, you know, but up to five stars. Right. So mm. uh, 
and then we're comparing them against the other Pokemon that we're already ranking, but we're looking at like what they evolve into, uh, how usability uh, in their the usability games. in TCG or in in the video games, okay, okay, and just general design uh, of the Pokemon. Uh, I mean, he looks like a Pokemon that likes to have fun, so that's kind of cool. I mean, you're not wrong there. He looks like he's having a good time. <laughs> he right. always has his own music wherever he goes, so that's cool. I like that's it. true. Yeah, that's as as a, as a DJ. I, I mean, I, I dig it so. <laughs> I, I can I, I like a three. I like that three rating. I think that's that's fair as well for me. Uh, so now the question then comes down to: uh, we have Poliwag at number ten with a three. Is Loudred better than Poliwag? I we've had a lot of discussions about Poliwag because Poliwag also evolves into two different Pokemon, which is cool. Between Poliwrath and Politoed. I don't know if I like explode more or less than either of those. And that's kind of where I'm at too, because at this point I'm just going based on the evolutions. I mean, if, yeah, uh, the problem is if I, if I look just at Loudred and just at Poliwag, I would prefer Loudred to Poliwag. Cause Poliwag mm-hmm. is, is goofy. And I, I still don't know where his nose and or mouth are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think, if, I don't think that if, the people who make Pokemon are exactly certain where Poliwag's nose and mouth are. <laughs> so, I'm, I, I, I know I exactly know, what I know exactly what's up with Loudred. Exploud <laughs> is also just a normal type, which is super boring to me for sure. But it can learn Fire, Ice, Electric, and Ghost and Dark and Psychic type moves. So, hmm, I'm looking up these these characters now because. As much as I carry the game and as I see these cards, I don't know the evolutions nearly as much as y'all do. Yeah, you know the individual, like you know the Pokemon, but you don't necessarily know which Pokemon yeah. they came from. Exactly. <laughs> I think that usability-wise, I think Exploit is more usable than either Polyrath or Politoed, mainly just based on the moves that it can learn. Like I'm just looking through and like it can learn normal moves. It can also learn Ice Punch, Fire Punch, and Thunder Punch, which. When a Pokemon can learn all those moves, it usually makes them pretty useful. That's, that offers some versatility. So, BMAC, mm-hmm. you're looking at Poliwag right now? I'm looking at actually Exploud right now, and it's like... I it can learn Hydro Pump and Surf, too. Well, what does it make any... It doesn't look remotely related to Aldred. Other than the giant mouth. That is basically yeah. all they have in common. <laughs> yeah. I'll go ahead and I'll show everyone what Loudred looks like on, on the Twitch as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a very, very loud-looking guy. Uh, doesn't look like he's having as much fun oh, as... Uh, oh, he's just angry. As Loudred does. He just looks angry. That's why he, he's exploding. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of torn on this one. Um, I could really go either way, I think honestly. I'm going to put it above Poliwag. Yeah, I think he's got to okay. go. I'm looking at Poliwag now. Okay, so BMAC, you're looking at Poliwag. Where which which part is his mouth? Which part is is his nose? Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I bet you that's what the Pokemon Company answers when they're asked that question too. They're like, "Yes." So well, you didn't answer anything. Yes, I did. <laughs> so it looks so like we're gonna put our new number ten with a three star rating. Loudred uh, is now number ten. Uh, 3.5 rating for Hariyama at number 9. 3.5 for Duat at number 8. 3.5 for Rookie D at number 7. A lot of 3.5. So. 3.5 for Shieldon <laughs> at number 6. A 4 for Rockruff. 4 for Floatzel. 
four for Galarian Zigzagoon, four for Surfetched, oh and number five, our guy and still champion, Squirtle. <laughs> so funny. That's funny. It's... I like that. Squirtle, that yeah, Squirtle's, gonna, Squirtle's really just the... So we've got, it's going to be the tough one to beat. There's only 898 Pokemon, so we've only got a few more weeks of this. <laughs> yeah. Good, All right, well, good. that's going to do it for us this week here on Podcast Monsters. Uh, real quick, uh, we want to ask BMAC, is there anything you want to promote? Do you want to, you know, you can shout out the store. Obviously, I've had the website up on the screen the whole time, but, you know. Uh, no, I mean, we talked about, you know, Chilling Rain uh, pre-release is, is next week. Uh, unfortunately, if you did not pre-order, it's not going to be available, but it will be available on June 18th, same day as Modern Horizons 2 from Magic, so busy day. Fun, busy day. Yeah, it's going to be a fun <laughs> invoice. I'm not looking forward to that that amount on that invoice, but uh, <laughs> it's a good, good release day for that. Um, and if you're interested in Keyforge, we do have an event for that on June 12th. So if you want to come check that out, the great thing about that is you can come and drop in. You don't have to construct a deck. It's already done for you. Yeah, that's cool. And if you are interested in purchasing, uh, singles from space cadets gaming, they are available on space cadets gaming.com. That's correct. Uh, so, and check that out. And also I checked they, it out a little bit recently as well, too. I was looking <laughs> at the website. They sell other things besides Pokemon cards on their website as well. You know, so feel free to check that out and uh, follow them on Facebook. Yep. Uh, BMAC does a great job of uh, letting people know when product is available. One well, and two with, with board games with more people getting vaccinated and people hanging out with their friends, board game nights. Board I mean, games coming really back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dustin, Absolutely. promote yourself, buddy. <laughs> uh, this this week, I think I'm really just going to promote the Twitter for Podcast Monsters. Um, if people can go to subscribe to that, it will post updates on when things are going live. I don't really have anything going on personally. I'm very busy. I have a wedding coming up in less than a month. So that's pretty much all of my free time. So it's his wedding. Be... His yeah. wedding is coming. <laughs> so, so my wedding is coming up very soon. I will not be, so I probably won't be streaming anytime soon. Um, this is really all I'll be doing is the podcast for the time being. Um, so yeah, if you can, you know, even YouTube as well too, Podcast Monsters, um, go check out. We have, we reviewed uh, Pokemon 2000 recently with Ethan. Um, in the next few weeks, we're going to do Pokemon the third movie as well. Um, so look out for that. And we've confirmed our special it, guest on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We do have, uh, Cam, Cam Hawkins joining us. Um, Cam's been on a bunch of stuff. IGN recently, um, Basically, we're kind of funny. He's hosting uh, one of the pre-shows for the, yeah. Uh, he's co-hosting Xbox? A pre the Xbox pre-show yeah. for E3. So Cam, so like, Cam, Cam, Cam's a really good guy. I have he's met him personally right multiple times. Yeah, so he'll be joining <laughs> us. And yeah, just if you want to check those out, um, that that's pretty much all I got. Okay, well, and well, then my shameless plugging. Uh, if you haven't already, please follow me here on Twitch.tv/GoodGameGrizz. You can also follow me on Twitter at GoodGameGrizz. And uh, uh, please check out my other podcast, Remember the Film, on YouTube and on podcast services. This week we had my, my best friend Matt Curran uh, was on to talk about David Lean and Lawrence of Arabia, uh, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. I mean, you have the, the dude on there that pretends to be Italian but has a British accent. So, you know, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I love you, Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so check out Remember the Film. And then also, I was I recently started co-hosting a, a show on the Pop XP 
uh, YouTube channel. It's called The Week in Pop, uh, where we talk about movies and TV shows and comic books and video games and all that good stuff. That's exciting news, though, too, for you, because that we haven't done a podcast since then. I, oh, That's my God. Yeah, really we haven't. Awesome. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I guest hosted on an episode. And then after the episode, they're like, hey, do you want to do this all the time? And yeah, I was like, awesome. yeah, well, OK. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, pretty cool. I don't know who the guest is going to be on that this week. Uh, the first guest we had that I for, that I was on for was Carrie Means from uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, the voice of Frylock. So, <laughs> <laughs> so check that I out. Love that show. Uh, but that that's a cool show where uh, we they also bring on independent comic book creators and things like that. It's really cool. The Weekend Pop on the Pop XP YouTube channel. Uh, so check that out there. Uh, again, BMAC, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank, thank you. Guys this for has having been me. awesome. Much appreciate yeah. it. I, absolutely fascinating stuff. Like, you know, we obviously, we love the TCG, but I, I also, I just find it very interesting uh, in terms of, like, the business of it. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much. You were you an excellent guest, super knowledgeable, which is exactly what we were hoping for. If you're watching live, stay tuned. Dustin and I are going to be opening some packs of, of, of the Pokemon TCG. And if not, we will check you out next time here on Podcast Monsters. Bye, everybody.